0: and welcome to this month's podcast i'm laura horton
1: and i'm michael bentley and very hello and welcome to you on what has got to be the hottest summer ever i Every, love it yeah everybody's hot you I know, love I lived it. In for months and for weeks even and you know same in the uk absolutely fantastic <laughs> it's amazing
0: yeah no i'm absolutely enjoying it and i think at the attitude of people you know everyone's so happy it's amazing it's great and uh, I'm in Essex we still have had no rain and I saw on Facebook so Friday Saturday um, that people you know were having a bit of rain but uh, we're recording this now sort of towards the end of July uh, ready for the August podcast and still no rain but who knows what might have happened when this goes live in uh, sort of uh, mid mid-August we might have been all depressed with the downpour but however uh, right hey. now
1: the six weeks isn't it so we'll see we'll see what happens
0: indeed yeah well I'm personally loving it anyway uh, so that's great and um, today we've got some summer related questions actually um, we've had a couple of questions that are sort of the flip side of each other's concern um, which has been quite interesting so we've got questions about being short-staffed or overstaffed Uh, during the summer holidays so we're going to discuss those answer each question on those uh, and give you some some tips and advice because we appreciate every practice is different we have other questions about pay rises and um, the annual retention fee and CPD for not for DCPs but for dental nurses uh, and paying that for them and how that would work etc and so we'll be able to help with those questions as well but we're going to get straight into the summer holiday questions so the first one that that came through is from a practice owner and in summary and this was a very long um, question it gave lots of detail so it was really good And basically, in summary, this practice every single year is short-staffed over the summer holidays. It's extremely stressful for everybody. The owner can't seem to find a solution. Again, it's going to be happening again right now this summer. Um, He's absolutely dreading it. And on top of that, um, on top of being short-staffed, the major concern that they have also is with the turnover in the practice, that it is so low during um, the end of July or through August, that the turnover is low, the cash flow is not in a great situation. So there's quite a few things happening for this owner. Wow. And yeah, and it's, it's quite, and I would say that the more detail you give us in a question, the better we're able to help and give, you know, really um, sort of, you know, detailed answer to you, so thank you ever so much. Now, this dentist looks to me that they're quite clearly in the UK. So, um, you know, particularly as they've said, you know, from the end of July through to August, so that's the UK school summer holidays. Whereas um, we have other concerns and other practices that are starting around the beginning of July, because in other countries, that's, that's when the schools break up. So if we start talking about August, for example, you know, that really is a massive month here. Um And I would just like to say to this owner that you're not alone, although you're probably going to listen to this, and then you'll hear the question that we've had come in from another uh, owner, and you'll think, oh, right, okay, you know, interesting. And I have been there, you know, I've worked in the practices as a dental nurse, where everyone's short-staffed, where everyone's on holiday, and it, it is horrendous, it really is. and holidays are always something that cause a problem in practices. And one thing I'd like to touch on is also fairness in holiday requests as well. I remember working for a a very large practice many, many years ago And I'm sure I've said this before, maybe on a podcast, but I know I talk about this all the time, that you know, at the beginning of the year, everyone used to put their holiday in. And then I remember I wanted to go to Ibiza for my 21st birthday, over my birthday, which is the 20th of July. And I couldn't get that time off because so-and-so always had that week off every year and they've been there forever. And it it was really frustrating. And that happens a lot. And I would say one of the reasons that you are short-staffed during this summer period is because the system you're not addressing is your holiday system. So you're not looking properly at the way that you're allocating holiday and the timeframes in which you want holiday requests to come in from the clinicians. So they're definitely this, you know, that's the system that's causing a problem that needs to be addressed. and. People wanting holiday at the last minute, people wanting holiday too early. I think first of all, you've got to look at when are you wanting to know when people want holiday and what's your system for fairness? So it's not the same people every single year having the same time off, which then puts the manager in a difficult situation. The manager's then left in this situation where Laura wants to go to Ibiza for a 21st birthday and feels the pressure to say yes to Laura, knowing full well that they're going to be short staffed. But what can she do? You know, because you want to be fair as well. So the holiday system as a whole really needs addressing. And I would say you would need to look at the time frame that you're getting uh, requests for holiday from your dentist and hygienist. And this this really is a touchy subject, isn't it, Michael? Because we say, you know, you should have six months advance notice of any time off from a clinician. Because that really supports your practice manager in organising holidays, and this uh, it's quite a curveball that we throw, isn't it, Mike? When we say this in practices, it's quite an, can cause quite an uproar, can't it? Yeah, it,
1: it can do, but it is the it's a keystone in organisation, isn't it? And that's mm. the important thing. And you know, without it, it doesn't allow the practice to be very proactive in other areas, as you. have you know, just said to do with nurses and to do with the, you know, the front desk team and to do with managers as well. So without pinpointing where the providers are going to be having their holidays makes it very difficult to do everything else. And then what you may find is that you've granted holidays for, you know, nurses. And then if the providers change their holidays, then I have had the misfortune of going, well, hang on a minute, we have providers on holiday here. Now you've changed your holiday, which means that this nurse holiday is now not right for the business. But it was right when I sanctioned it. So it's got it. It's something that has to just happen in practice. It's not something that is an option for me, because without it, then you can't do all the other things. Um, I think you've done the holiday system very well with the nurses. You've you've explained that, you know, uh, properly. I think it's important to do rotations of key holidays in the practice. And that will depend on the type of people that you have in the practice. So if you've got a lot of nurses and front desk team members that have got children, then you need to rotate the holiday seasons fairly that's what you need to do you might not be in that position yet so you might not need to have that conversation but if you do uh, that's when you need to be uh, doing other things that, you know related to the question that has been asked i think you know i've written down a couple of things which is uh, zoning and budgets and it's really important that we go back and have the fixed budget question and that one of the things that i see in practice a lot is that You know in August you're paying uh, a lot of bills that are coming in because it's that time of year and you know what sometimes it's really hard to do that with your life at home isn't it I don't know about you Laura but you know my you know my car and my registration for being a nurse all comes in at the same time like car insurance and the monthly tax and then you've got you know the indemnity of being a nurse and the GDC of being a nurse and it all comes in one package and actually when you start to add those together it's like gosh well that's like you know £1,500. That's a lot of money all of a sudden and that happens in practices as well. So what you've got to do in practice is you've got to monthly budget everything that you can and you've got to do it as a fixed rate so that you've got no hidden summer surprises as I call them. Um, there are a couple of things that we'll talk about that that hit practices at this time of year which is not easy to get around. But the other thing is just to make sure that your zoning's right. You know, we know that the emergency zones maybe need to be increasing practices over the summer. Uh, you certainly need to make sure that you get those right in terms of, like, you know, if you've got three dentists working in the practice and two are on holiday because they're husband and wife, you've got to make sure that you've increased your emergency appointments to match the fact that a dentist is on their own. That's really important. And that practices really know the out of hours emergency. Uh, situations as well and and how to point um, patients towards those, you know, in the summer holidays. So those systems need reviewing as well. So my clear tips are you've got to make sure all your expenses are fixed so that actually from a monthly uh, basis you're not going to have any bills that are going to come out and and, and bite you in the summer holidays, which is going to be a problem because the cash flow is going to reduce if you're taking holiday weeks off through the summer. Your zoning's got to be really good as well. So you've got to make sure that your emergency zones are there, your new patient zones are in, and that you've got treatment zones as well. Because a lot of families like to have examinations and hygiene over the summer holidays. So again, Mm -hmm. you know, the limited resource that you've got with dentists is suddenly being used for exams and for hygiene, which is making the practice busy and you need, you know, the, the practice to work hard on those but actually you've got no treatment zones in so your income's taking another hit so it's really important that you have your treatment zones in uh, over July and August as well. Otherwise, you will have a cash flow issue. I think for the UK customers, I think, you know, you can always look at your membership and that's really important. You know, the more members you have, the more comfortable July and August is going to be for you, in my opinion. I mean, I got my practice up to 35,000 pounds worth of membership a month. So actually, that covered all of our key bills. So I didn't have to worry that, you know, two of my dentists had you know three weeks off over august for an example because the membership covered uh the actual bills part so you know actually there are things that you can do in advance prep in advance for that type of situation that's uh, going on mm-hmm. um i think that's enough on you know sort of top tips around that area uh i want to give a few top tips about you know how to make july and august really productive for the practice perhaps we'll do that a little bit later in the podcast
0: yeah, and I think one last uh, thing to add with, with budgets is, you know, for the UK, July is tax bill month. It's where we're, you know, paying on account as it were. And um, national insurance contributions as well yeah. are coming. Out. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to really think about, is that something that's damaging your cash flow in your business? Because you've gone, oh, I need 10, 15, 20, 25 grand uh, to pay right now. And yeah. And you know is that what's causing the problem because again with your budgets you know you can make your tax bill a fixed cost in your business by just putting savings aside every month for what you're going to need because this is something we see a lot in practices, you know, with the summer, with January. I mean, it's, you know, lovely month anyway, isn't it? Um, You know, it's tax bill month and everyone's like, oh, lovely. Um, In Ireland, your tax bill month's October. Again, it's a bit of a month, isn't it? So you can make your tax, you should be have a savings every month for your tax. And, you know, then, then you're being proactive and then it's a fixed cost as well. So maybe that's something else to look at that will support um, you know, the dreaded time of year for cash flow, which is the summer and which is Christmas uh, in the UK. We've definitely got it. I think we'd all rather pay in October. That would be much nicer. And um, we might take that from Ireland, maybe. Um, maybe.
1: I think it's really important that you said there that actually it's really important that, you know, dentists are having a monthly salary. So. When you, know, you do finance with us uh, as a consulting company, we always recommend that dentists have a set salary that they need to take home to cover their lifestyle at home. And then they have uh, a set budget per month for their tax. So mm. that you don't worry about those two things, but you take enough money home, obviously, to uh, pay for situations at home. <laughs>
0: exactly yes i mean i forgot about my national insurance bill i mean that just arrived and i was like oh lovely but you know i'd forgotten about it but i had saved for it that was had all been pre-worked out so although i was like oh no i forgot about this
1: the money yeah. was there
0: I because mean, i'd been like proactive
1: isn't it really because you save all this money and you go
0: oh yeah i've got
1: ten thousand pounds in my account or whatever it may be and it's like oh dude it's gone away bye um yeah, bye. <laughs> you it, then obviously, that's when people take emergency loans out, aren't we? And We see that Mm, a lot, you know, emergency loans out this time of year, you know, um, and it's not good, because you're always playing catch up if you're taking out an emergency loan for something that you you should be planning for anyway. Tax isn't something that, you know, is new. Uh, Neither is, you know, holidays over July and August. That's not a new state of affairs. So we need to be planning for things and being proactive, rather than reacting to situations.
0: Yeah now we've got a practice that's in the opposite situation they are a husband and wife team they're the only dentists at the practice they're going on holiday for two weeks in August so and they're going to be overstaffed so I mean there's there's, you know top tips we can give you to support you in this before we move on to sort of these concerns that other people are having with pay rises and uh, ARF fees and really I think again it's about your holiday system isn't it And I would say to you, if you are in this situation and it's a repeated situation, then something you can do that will really help you out is going to a, you know, contract consultation to look at reviewing your staff's holiday and how they take holiday. I would definitely say any new starters in their contract, they take holiday when you do, whether you decide to do that for 75 percent of their holiday allowance. It's up to you. But that would stop that problem. But you could look at saying, well, hang on, we've got some long standing team members at our practice that are good people. They're very loyal to us. We'd like to give them extra holiday, but you know what? They need to take it when we are out of the business. Uh, And something else um, to talk about in that is overtime. We find lots of concerns in practices with overtime. It's not clear whether it's time off in lieu, whether it is paid. And if it is time off in lieu, my tip to you is that you then need to be saying how much do they need to allocate before they can take it off? So, for example, you'd want them to build up at least half a day before they take any time off in lieu. And what is the system for when they take it off? So, again, that should be when you are off. Um, something else we're rather keen on and Mike I'll let you discuss that is um, a bonus day holiday for team members who haven't had time off sick
1: yeah I mean again you can flip things around can't you I think permission and page is a a great tool that you can use but you've just Mm. got to be sure that if you give permission and pay to one member of staff, you have to be able to facilitate that to all. So for an example, I've seen practices that give, you know, a three week, four week holiday, so they so somebody can go out to Australia, and they give that as permission and paid. Well, that's fine, as long as you can replicate that across the whole of your team. If you can't do that, then I wouldn't start it. So Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you know, you're you're looking at those things. the other area uh, is that for those people that do not take time off work for small things, you know, like a small sore throat or a headache or you know um, some other a runny nose. Yeah, runny nose. Something something <laughs> simple you can you can work through, but it'd be easier to go, oh well, actually, you know, I'll, I'll just stay off work. So. Top tip really is is that you know you just give back. So if somebody is does six months without sickness, that you give an, an additional days holiday. And if somebody does a year without sickness, then they'll get three days additional holiday. So there's something to work towards. And I would have it as a rolling 12 months as well. So that, you know, if somebody is generally unwell, that they just start again, and they have another role in six months, 12 months. And this will work well for those people that, you know, generally, you know, do keep themselves healthy and fit, because mm. there are a lot of people that do that. And the people that, you know, generally do that, you know, take holidays every three months, so they don't take blocks of holiday um and they're not in that position where they're just oh you know their body's completely dead um mm. and you can often tell those people that are not very well is as soon as they go on holiday they're unwell yeah uh that's an indication that actually they're running too hard you know so say to team members you know it's good to have a break every three months every four months because we actually need that as a human being we need to you know have a break so you know if you I don't know, paying for holiday weeks that people have, uh, you know, saved up, then I would say actually don't do that situation. Try and get people to generally take holiday every three months, four months, because we need that. Um, A two week holiday once a year is also a very good thing uh, to do with health. But you know, there's lots of people now that, you know, they've got good diets, they're eating well, they're drinking lots of water, you know, they're on protein shakes, things like that. So actually, generally, they are much fitter you know across a year and therefore it's good to bonus those people that you know don't sort of lurch you into sickness problems because you know any absence is an issue to a practice if it's planned it's easy if it's unplanned it's not so easy to manage.
0: So those additional bonus days you can you know again stipulate when you want people to have those so again it will be when you're on holiday for this type of practice. That's when they take that time off, and you can spread it out across across the yeah. board. So I I've got that- another
1: topic though for summer months, and that is that a lot of practices can get a lot of stuff done at this time of year, and. Mm. Um, if you've got members of the team that, you know, need what we call occupying, um, there are s- so many things that you can do. And in my practice, you know, we moved all of the audits to uh, July and August because we knew that it was a great time to do audits because rooms were quieter, you could get in, you could do suitable audits. So that is a great time for audits. It's a great time for doing 12 month decontamination. Let's look at all the packets and make sure they're stamped dated. And I have to say, my nurses were incredible at that type of system. They used to leave everything till August, and then they would repackage everything so it was all fresh for September. I thought that was a brilliant system that they designed. They'd do a, um, they'd relook all the, uh, uh, relook at all the birds. They'd relook at all the instrument allocations to make sure that everybody was back to where they needed to be. You know, so that all the, you know, things like you know, mirrors, probes. You know, scalers, all those kind of things were, were were brought back to where they needed to be, and they and they everybody would resharpen things and what have you. It's a great time of year for that. It's a great time of year for managers also to be uh, redoing contracts, doing appraisals. Uh, it's a really good time to do all the HR through all of the uh, staff uh files as well so make sure things are up to date so hep fees are up to date and uh you've got uh, emergency contact details done you've got medical history signed all those kind of things so it's a, i think it's a good time to redo everything because once we hit september to the middle part of december those are the biggest months in dentistry aren't they in terms of revenue mm-hmm and you know, push, push, push. So it's good to have all of that work done. So you can fly into September, October, November and December, um, really in a in a good way. And the other thing I don't know about you, Laura, that we used to do in August is make sure that all our marketing campaigns were ready. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: Yeah. your vision plans. Yeah, I used to like to have all of that done in advance. Because again, it was much easier if it was rolling out. Um, than it was trying to do it in the middle of being really busy, which I always found very stressful. I don't know about you. I used to have my newsletters done um, in August ready for the autumn as well. Um, Those are things that I used to do that, you you know, I would use these months to try and get ahead.
0: Absolutely. And it's really interesting uh, how many inquiries we get in August every year. Uh, August and January are the biggest months for inquiries uh, that are coming through for us. And the reason for that is that people have had time out and they're thinking about, oh, what do I want to do? I'm over halfway through the year. We wanted to do this and we haven't yet. And they get, you know, sort of get a move on. So it, it is really a good time to plan without a doubt. Plan, 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 be proactive. Um wonderful tips from michael there we need to move on we've got a few minutes to answer these uh, next questions and the first one is about pay rises I predominantly in nhs practice 95 um, percent of our income is from our nhs contract my team want pay rises and quite simply i can't afford it i'm losing sleep i'm feeling awful also concerned that i'm going to lose my team what can i do we've actually just had this situation with a client recently, and I think what what the team and it's very difficult. We appreciate that, but what the team have to understand is that okay, they may not have had a pay rise for a few years, but have you? Has the practice had a pay rise? Because it hasn't, and if anything, your costs have gone up and up and up. So you're getting as an owner probably a pay decrease annually from a predominantly NHS practice, and you know the the client that we were looking at and had, trying to support recently i mean it it was thousands and thousands of pounds a year that this added on to the business that it just couldn't afford it so i would say it's important that you look at you know explaining that to the team that you're on a fixed income from your nhs contract that's not that's not going to change and the only opportunities that you have within the practice are then to look at the private income and increasing that and you know, if you can increase your private income, you're happy to review the finances in the next six months. But let's all work together to see how we can do it. And I think as we've already said about the summer's been a great time to plan. I actually think it's a really good time of year to be having that conversation with the team. And if they leave, they leave. And ultimately, when you have a predominantly NHS practice, you are not going to be able to pay the hourly rates for the team members that you would if you were, an implant practice, for example, because you're stuck with your income.
1: Yeah, I agree with that totally, Laura. And I think, I think it's really, practice has got to be very clear what you are. And um, we work with a lot of Irish practices as well. And if you are high NHS, so 80, 90% of income comes from NHS or you're a high medical card, then you only get a set amount of income for the amount of work that you're doing. And therefore, it doesn't allow you to have the budget to be able to increase the salaries. So team members, if you're listening to this and you're in an NHS practice, then it's likely that your salary isn't going to rise that much in reality because it's unable to. Because if you said, Laura, the budget is not there, it's not available to do that. When you are a mixed practice and you're a private practice, the more private income that you that you do, and the more private your practice is, means that your experience will have to be greater than the NHS experience, without a shadow of doubt. So therefore, the more private you're taking it, then yes, our advice then for private practices are, you do need to look at how much you're paying your nurses, because they will command a much higher salary to be part of your business and that's where the career progression really is isn't it Mm. because in a private practice the demands on the nurses are different they're all about experience and making sure that you know attitudes are absolutely perfect every single day that you know you're delivering an A1 experience and that takes a lot of hard work as you and I both know.
0: Yeah, and the way the, the dentistry that the dentists are doing is completely different and you have to support them in a completely different way and I remember I used to have friends that said to me, "What well, you've only seen five patients today, god that's so easy and I was like no I'd rather see 70 on the NHS, actually that's easier because it, it is about the experience but ultimately it's about the support you're giving your dentist and This links nicely into the last question, which is, should we be paying our dental nurses annual retention fee? So for people outside the UK, that's the registration fee for dental nurses on the General Dental Council's register every year, which is a July payment, which is wonderful. And should I be paying for their CPD? And I think that question again just links nicely into, well, what type of practice are you and what package are you offering? I will say this, and it's a question Slash statement, which is when did you last try to live off seven or eight pounds an hour? Because it's not a lot of money, and then having to pay out 116 pound plus indemnity plus your insurance. For me, that was I've just paid another I think 69 pounds for that. I got a better deal than you, didn't I, Mike? Um, <laughs> so you know that that's a lot of money, and also you know the tax deductible expenses. So in that sense, what is the harm? You can have policies in place so that if your dental nurses do leave, they have to, um, you know, of their last pay, whatever percentage is left, will come out of their last pay. You can do it sort of pro rata. I would say, you know, again, if you're a private practice and you're looking to have these high caliber nurses, which are so hard to find, you need to put a package together for them that does include their CPD. You can do it all online. It's easy. It's not a high expense to the practice. And you do pay their annual retention fees. If you're an NHS practice that is currently struggling and maybe your team do want pay rises, maybe this is something you can offer instead. Well, do you know what? I'm going to pay your annual retention fee every year from now on. I can't give you a pay rise, but I'm going to pay this. So that the last two questions link in very well don't they to well what type of practice are you and what type of person are you employing and what package do you need to put together for them the annual retention fee is always a difficult one a we I would say that I'm sure Mike you'll agree with me that probably a good 90% of our clients pay their team's annual retention fee if that figure helps <laughs> answer that question for you then that's great
1: yeah i think it's really important that you know one of the things that we say to practices is that with recruitment because that's the other question we get asked a lot isn't it about recruitment you know how to mm-hmm. recruit at the moment and what you've got to do is that i totally understand as well you know we've been through uh, a really big recession in both countries although you know um for all of our irish customers you know things are doing so well you know they're the big the biggest um you know uh european country growth is is irish is the biggest one now uh to, you know in growth figures but that's making it harder for recruitment and, re, and recruitment in the uk is really difficult as well what you've got to do is you've got to reevaluate. you've had some what i call years of austerity and you've got to now look at what you want to recruit how much it's You know a nurse will cost you now for them to come into your practice and look at the salaries that you've got currently and whether you've got to start rising things up internally before you start taking on staff externally and those two things need to mirror and if you haven't done a lot of work over that over that then you need to start to do some catch-up work because you can't be bringing in nurses at a higher hourly rate when you've got nurses that are doing the same job and earning less. That just does not work for me. And it will get out. Uh, Practise say to me, oh, well, they can't discuss their salaries. Absolute rubbish. From an HR point of view, that's rubbish. People can talk about their salaries if they want to. And there is nothing you can do about it. There's, you can't take people down a disciplinary route for that. Um, so you do need to be transparent. And one of the things that we train on our finance course isn't it Laura is that Mm. we actually go through salary bandings of the team now and we actually go this is how you um start to put people into a a scale Um, so it's very clear that whatever you know if you've got 10 years of uh, dental nurse experience and you've got five different qualifications and the practice is using them those qualifications this is what you pay uh, a dental nurse and I think that's really important and I think moving forward maybe we'll do a separate podcast on this or maybe a webinar Laura I don't know what your th- thoughts are is that we should do something around you know uh, payment and recruitment maybe that's something we need and if you would like to hear a webinar on that or a separate podcast on that? Then just let us know, um, and we'll, we'll get that organised for you.
0: Yeah, and then we have got a previous podcast as well where we've talked about um, paying people the right wage and you know how you can make a starting point on that. So if you're thinking, oh, actually yes, I want to know something and I want to know it now, um, go back and look through through our podcast because there's definitely some information. But yeah, we can definitely help people in so much more with that. So. In answer to the, you know, that question about my team want pay rises and I'm worried they're going to leave, You, what you do need to address is if they are to leave because you're going to say no to a pay rise, can you recruit somebody else? Can you replace them on that same hourly rate? If the answer is yes, then you're okay. If the answer is no, then then your team are right to be requiring a pay rise because you're not going to be able to replace them with the hourly rate that they're on. I hope that makes sense to you um, right, that's the end of this month's podcast. Time has flown by once again. We hope you're enjoying the podcast because we most certainly are. And I would like to take the opportunity to tell you now that we are going to have some guests featuring on our podcast over the coming months. And what that <coughs> means is you're going to have additional Horton Hangout podcasts with some of our guests. We are going to let you know by um, middle of August who the guests are, so you can send through questions directly to them so that we can, you know, really pick their brains for you on the Horton Hangout. But for this month, that's it from us. Please keep sending your questions in. Uh, Thank you ever so much, Michael. And uh, we hope you all have a wonderful summer and we'll be back in September. Bye bye for now.
1: Bye bye. Happy summer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe so you can be notified of our next episode.